Welcome once again to our Lifehouse Beloved podcast, and I'm joined by Debbie and Lena and David. Hello. All right, last week we spoke about how you know you've been discipled, and Debbie, you had a really good <laughs> illustration to share with us. How do you know you've been discipled, or what does it feel like for you? I was just saying, it's a bit like that game Space Jump, or I think it's called, where you know the you pick somebody and they have to jump in and actually act out a scene or, or a, you know, a title of a movie or something like that and then, then they have to just stop randomly when the next person says, okay, your turn, you know, so it's, it's, you never know when you're up. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's a good illustration. And so really just being prepared in season and out of season, being prepared That's all it. the time. Um, and last week when we talked about how you know you've been discipled, we, we talked about immersion and that was really getting thrown in the deep end and that's part of being discipled, being stretched and challenged to be all you can be. And Lena, you had a good little um, illustration of one of those times for you when you felt challenged. Oh, yes. <laughs> I just shared with these guys, I think last podcast I talked about, I think it was the first time I was preaching, it was, no, the first time I was really challenged to step out of my comfort zone um, was David asked me, called me up in the middle of a service to pray over everyone and he hadn't warned me or anything like that and I was like, this moment of terror, I'm just like, oh God, fill my mouth with something. <laughs> and, you know, I realised, well, it's not just going to be when I'm comfortable and, you know, when I've got you know, when I'm all teed up, God's just going to call you out and that's just going to be it. And I think that encapsulates it, isn't it, as that being uncomfortable or stretched out of your comfort zone really encapsulates true discipleship. You will feel like that most of the time. And I mean, that's pretty awesome as well because the word says that when we weak, he is strong. And so I think, um, you know, if we are comfortable, then we can cope ourselves or in our own abilities. And so it's when we get to that point of being uncomfortable that we actually have to rely on God and on the Holy Spirit. And I think that's, you know, a really healthy place to be. Even though it feels scary, it's a good place to be at. All right, so um, this week we're just going to look at, first of all, how do you disciple others? And then we'll look a little bit about what the discipleship process might look like in your home. So how do you disciple others, Lena? Um, I'm just going to go, my first thought is something that has, David has drilled into my husband so much that he spouts off to me all the time, double timing your time, all right, so how do you disciple others, there's so many things we want to do in our life, um, so we need to be strategic with our, with our time, and we use things, if we're going to the gym, you know, we're bringing someone with us because that's what we're doing and that's our life. It's about um, bringing Jesus into just the natural natural, um, natural things of our life that we do in the day-to-day. It's bringing Jesus into that and just revealing him in the day-to-day. Um, so, yeah, part of that is, yeah, double time in your time, being intentional, being strategic about how we use our time. So it's really like killing two birds with one stone, yeah, if you, you like. <laughs> Um, And I think as well, you know, discipling others, it's really the whole little phrase of more is caught than taught. Mm. It's really that. And as you say, bringing them into everything, spending time with you and things rub off. What do you think, Deb? Yeah, I think um, having those relationships and getting alongside people, um, because that's basically what Jesus did, didn't he? He got alongside them and just, like you say, you know, it was more caught. Like he didn't really actually sit them down and say, Right, so this is how you do it. He just went and did it, and then they just had to watch and That's learn right. and then go do it. That's awesome. And what do you have to say, David? Well, discipling, how do, how do I disciple people? I use these three points that I used, spoke about last week. 
Um, and I use every single opportunity. Well, let me say the three points, classroom teaching, mentoring, and immersion. And I use every opportunity, as Lena said, that, I, that Ben's now repeating, I use every opportunity to disciple. So if the boys are coming over to the house for gym, somehow someone's going to get something spiritual that I'm going to put into his life or I'm going to talk into his life. And, and I mean, there's one youngster that comes every now and then. And the last two times he's come, besides getting a heavy workout that the next day he can't walk, um, I was led to give him a prophetic word at each point. So, so he comes in. Isn't that the one that you scared away? Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. He comes in <laughs> and the Lord just lays this on my heart to share with him and bam, I straight, this is what the Lord's saying to you, my son. Bam, bam, bam. It freaks him out. He doesn't come near us for months and then back in the gym. He's processing. He's processing, <laughs> but he wants it. So, and then the second time and now he's been back about so two So he just times. can't help himself, right? He comes back <laughs> even though he doesn't want to. There's this like attraction. I'm getting pulled and Moth to a flame. <laughs> <clears throat> it's like Mike Breen says, um, I, lo I love what he says because this is the, the, the method that I've, I've been using. He says, come and watch what I do. Uh, come and, as you're watching, do it, do it with me. Let me see you do it. And now you go off and do it. And um, I took a team. I've been training some of these youngsters for quite a few years now in this process of discipling them. And we took a team of 12 guys to India. So it was a situation of, well, each one is going to preach. We, unfortunately, because we had to miss two venues, two of our guys didn't preach, but everyone else preached. For me, if you go on mission, you're going to go and minister. You're going to go and pray, lay hands on the sick. You're going to pray for the sick, all that kind of stuff. And they, that's what they did. Now I'm back, but now we're going back to India, but it's not me going back. I'm sending two teams back. So I'm saying to this guy now, now you go and pick your team, train your team, and take your team over and teach them, what's it, the essentials. <laughs> so we're starting a discipleship training school over in India, and they are going over there to do it. Now let me see. So I'm sending them now, and now I'm saying, now you do the same process. And, and that's what Debbie was saying that Jesus did, wasn't it? So it's us being like Jesus and then mm. just modeling. And, and, and also, you know, the thing is, as I said earlier, more caught than taught. People watch you, mm. and you know you'll find the same when you're raising your kids. You know they're watching and learning from what they see. So people are watching us all the time. So it's really to be conscious of that as well, and to be emulating, you know, what we want them to copy and learn. And there's a scripture as well that says that we are epistles to, that are read by men. So men actually look at our lives and they, you know, they read us and they and they watch us. Don't you and I, when sometimes when we're discussing things, we we hearing some of our youngsters preach, and we come up and say, oh. They sounded like us. <laughs> Is that that sometimes I'll hear a statement, yeah, and I'll think, oh, that's what I, you know, they got that one from me. Or whatever. It's nice. It's like, yeah, it but makes it's you feel good. Because it, yeah, puts you, it, it really makes you, it makes you aware of the responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> and it makes you aware of the responsibility as well that people are actually taking what you say so seriously. Not that I'm saying you shouldn't, but you know, it's scary. You know? <laughs> scary. I will give an account. But, but I mean, I think it's good if we're always like conscious of that as well because we do take it mm. very seriously. Um, um, I think having you need to have a real understanding. It's your life isn't in compartments. Mm. It's kingdom everything through everything. It's threaded through everything. There's no compartments. 
in life. And I yeah. think that's where you go back as well to that whole enablement thing. I think a lot of people can live their Christianity yeah. like that where it's just compartmentalised and they think their business and whatever is totally separate, but it, it, it should not be, and it's not. Um, if you're living the kingdom lifestyle, yeah, it's I, not. I used to think that Sunday and, and you know, going to church service, that was God time, and my God time was that little half an hour when I woke up and I read my Bible, da-da-da-da. Yeah. That was God time, and the rest of the day was sort of my own. That's That's not... Mm. And I think that is why people sometimes get so shocked, a shock horror that we do not hold a service on Christmas Day. Um, because, you know, if you have that compartmentalised, it's like, yeah. how can we not go to church on Christmas Day? Or how can we not go on Sunday? Whereas for us, it's like it's woven throughout your whole life and your whole day. So, you know, it's in your relationship with family or whatever. So we may miss a service to do that. And that's fine, but that is hard for you if you're compartmentalising, um, you know, just to get your head around that kind of thing. Yeah, it's that way, that way of life. Yeah. It's the way that, that you do things. That's that right, the yeah. Way that you are. See, the, the, the word church effectively is a collective noun for a group of disciples. And so the, the whole concept of, oh, I'm going to church, no. We are the church. church. Yep. Yeah. So wherever so we are. Wherever I go... That's it. I'm extending the kingdom. That's right. Yep. All right. So what does the discipleship process look like in your home, Lena? You're all getting a turn, so don't worry. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my home, I have my husband, and um, we have a 10-month-old son, Charlie. So um, in our family, you know, we're trying to build the whole obedience, um, you know, love towards one another and having a, f- a fruitful life. So... Um, now, for when we're training up our son, it's we're sowing seeds, we're sowing the word in. You know, I read him to, to you know, it's bedtime, so we tell a story, and he doesn't know, he doesn't get to pick his story, so he gets Romans at the moment. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> so you know, and when we're when we're playing music, we're playing worship, and we're worshiping God, and we're learning how to do that um, from. You know, so basically he's got no choice. Can I just interject there what you're saying? That's really good, reading the word to him, because um, in Deuteronomy 6, chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, it says, These commands I give you today are to be on your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. And when you lie down and when you get up. And the same thing again is reiterated to Deuteronomy 11 verses 18 and 19. Teach them to your children. Uh, fix these words of mine. Lena's having a hissy fit here because I've obviously <laughs> stolen her scriptures. No, David's teasing me. <laughs> oh. All right. This is serious now. Stop. Behave. That's <laughs> my teacher voice there. Right. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. And that speaks to just having it in every part of your life. Teach them to your children. Talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So in other words, all the time. So that's awesome, reading the word to him and that's what it's talking about there, teaching them. Sorry, you can go back now. Yeah, no, 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 you're right. Um, so we're teaching Charlie God's word um, from day dot. He doesn't have a choice about it. You know, we position him um, front and centre in our Sunday services because we want him to learn about we want him to get the teaching, to get the worship, to watch how everyone worships. You know, that's that's we want him to soak in it. And um, 
we position him to come along to, he's in small group with us, he's in our, our meetings, he um, hangs out with me while I prepare for podcasts, for sermons, things like that, because he's learning about being fruitful. He's like, um, he comes along with me when I'm, I'm meeting people, when I'm, you know, mentor time and things like that. Then Charlie comes along and he learns about being fruitful. Um, he learns, you know, we're teaching him about discipline and um, teaching him how to keep short accounts and forgive people and to love them you know and at the moment it's just you know by loving him abundantly we're teaching him about God's love so and you'll be amazed at how much they soak in from a young age I mean you know what you're talking about front and center church or whatever and sitting I mean you know Callan had to learn to sit quietly and whatever and the stuff that he came out with later, I just didn't even realise just how much he was taking in from that service. And so that's really important. They've got to go and sit at school for six hours and sit still so they can certainly be learning to do it there and taking that in. That's awesome. At, in, in your home, what it looks like is you need to be discipling your kids. Mm. So the practice of discipling is primarily your first, your first disciples are your children. Mm. How are you discipling them? Don't leave it up to the church mm. to disciple your kids. You are in the process of discipling your kids and, and, and how you're doing it is fantastic. Because mm-hmm. as you say, more is caught than taught. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but well, we're going to give an account for... For, for our, our children. And you know, a, a very sobering thought for me as well is that um, you guys, your parents, are you the first picture that your child gets of the father mm. and the father heart? So that's yeah. very yeah. heavy that, um, in a good that, way. That, that scares me. Yeah. I mean, just today, And it should. It's good yeah, because it, it makes should, you... It should. Just, just today I lost my patience with him and I... You know, I was, I was, you know, had to know that wasn't correct. I had to go back and, you know, Charlie, I'm sorry, you know, please forgive me. And he, I mean, it's 10 months, so he can't go, well, that's okay, mummy. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm taking can get the tone and, yeah, yeah, that, um, yeah, that I, I, I see nice stuff up sometimes too. And, mm. yeah. And that's good for them to learn mm. as well, for that you can say sorry if you have to, that they can see, you know, the whole forgiveness mm. and, and new stuff up. And, yeah. You know, I'm teaching him God's love, and God's love doesn't look like, me being impatient and angry in the bad way, not yeah. the yeah. you've done yeah, something a wrong. Discipline way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what about you, Debbie? You have two beautiful little boys there yes. that keep you on your toes. Oh, yes, they do. Yes, my toes indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you like so ballet. We have a, six, so. <laughs> a six-year-old and a two-year-old, and my two-year-old is exceptionally good at being two, <laughs> and my six-year-old is exceptionally good at being six. So yeah, um, but it. At every, in everything that we, we do in our house, we, we try and just point it towards God, um, from the yep. little things to the big things, all sorts of things. If we do good things in our house for each other or if the kids do stuff, we, we not only tell them how proud we are, we tell them how proud God awesome. is of them as well. Um, if we mess up, we don't, we don't hide it. We don't just go, oh, we did that wrong. Yeah. You know, we, we confess it in front of them and in front of God, to, like, to God in front of them. Um, and we also read Bible stories and we read the word to them and explain the importance of doing that. Um, that's part of our routine at bedtime as well, like you were saying, Lena. Um, from the time that they've been able to sit up at the table, we say grace and we pray. And um, so, you know, we kind of, you know, we hold hands and... Um, and we also say it out loud, even when we're not all sitting together 
you know, so if the boys are just sitting, then then they say grace. And and Zion, our two-year-old, has just started being able to say his own grace. Oh, that's so and it's cute. very cute. And we taught him the Superman grace. Have you ever heard no, of that? Thank no. you, Lord, for giving us food. Thank oh, you, Lord, I love it. for giving us food. And, and that's food. the thing. That... And the friends we meet, thank you, Lord, for giving us food. And oh, he awesome. walks around the house now singing, that's so thank cute. you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's not even so much about the words. It's actually just about teaching them to have a grateful heart, isn't it, and gratitude. It. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Um, and Brad and I also keep each other accountable, and, and we pray together as a couple, and we try and encourage each other, not just quietly to ourselves, but in front of the boys as well. Um, but, yeah, we've just, we're very honest about it everything in our lives with our boys so you know we'll we'll talk to them and even what you're saying about you know the court instead of taught yeah um like asher our oldest he he'll often like we'll be driving along and because we usually have a christian radio station on in the car it's not always christian music but he he's funny when he when he hears that we've got the radio on and someone mentions something about it mum they they talking about God on the radio I'm oh like, mum wow. that, oh, that song's about God oh we sing that at church you oh, know so awesome, you know yeah. he doesn't always you know he like at church he would well I honestly think oh, he's not taking you anything didn't know in. he knew about those songs I he was singing like yeah. there's songs that I know that he knows but then you know or when he starts humming a song yeah then think, awesome ah. <laughs> so, and you see yeah. that's isn't it? it's just interwoven in your whole you know the whole fabric of your life and I really like that Proverbs 22 6 says start your children off in the way they should go even when they're old they'll not not turn from it and I, in my life, I've I was modelled that, so I was really blessed in that. That's how, you know, we grew up knowing that this was this was a way of life. It yep. wasn't just something you did on Sunday, Sunday or yeah. something that you oh, did awesome. on Sunday and this night yeah. during the week, or yeah. And that's um, we on the other side of that, aren't we? Because our son's twenty four and he's getting married in about ten weeks' time, and and that scripture as well, we've certainly held to and. Um, you know, even when I didn't even know um, in the early days about, you know, sort of um, making agreements or speaking negatively or whatever, I just always used to say to David from listening to other people, I cannot accept that he's got to be a rebellious teenager. Mm. I just don't accept that, you know, and, and that training him up. And, yeah, I'd say he's turned out to be a fine young man, even if I say so myself. Um, yeah, so that's really important, just making Scripture and the Word of God just such a part of their life, like you say, from day dot or from the beginning, raising them according to that, um, as you girls said, letting them hear you talk about Jesus and them knowing that he's an integral part of your everyday life and praying with them as well, encouraging them to talk to Jesus themselves. And that also shows them that, you know, they can have that expectation of an intimate relationship mm. and what it looks like and just how um, easy it is. And it's, you know, it's a natural thing. Actually, and just, yeah, just on that, I, I was just um, n- not that long ago, I started trying to teach Asha how to hear God's voice. Oh, awesome. And I've been telling him about how he can he can hear God's voice. And, you know, and I say to him, you know, you need to ask God what he wants to say to you and and he's like, Mum, but I can't hear anything, you know. And so, <laughs> so trying cute. to explain that to a six-year-old has, ways, has been yeah. hard. But at the same time, I'm like, well, what, what comes into your, your mind when you ask God that question? Or, you know, um, just little things. So, so, you know, I don't 
you know, I'm not, we don't hound things in yeah, turkeys. Yeah, no, but we just ask them little questions and, you know, like on the way to school, we might be saying, okay, well, what can we thank God for today? And, and he'll always come up with something. It might be the trees or it might be, you know, my friend or that you didn't yell at me before school this morning, <laughs> mummy. So, yeah, I'm not perfect. So I'm not. <laughs> we blow it every day. We need the Holy Spirit's help. We yes. do, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, though. And, and that's just really teaching them to get as an antenna up, isn't it, just to get mm. tuned in and, yeah, that, yeah. And, and just like you're saying, thanking God for stuff, it's that attitude of gratitude oh, I didn't mean that that sounds corny but really that just that grateful heart as well yeah. isn't it and and we were talking about that in the lady study the other night as well because that determines you know your speech and what's in your heart and stuff exactly, so if you've yeah. got that gratitude another scripture um you know I used to sort of puzzle over this and then you know the Lord just you know it might be other people understand it straight away but it took a bit for me to you know exp- to sort of understand. Well, I think as I grew in the faith and, and got a bit more mature to understand what it was really meaning as Proverbs 13, verse 24, and it says, whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their child is careful to discipline them. Mm. And I used to think, oh, that's really hard. Like if you, you know, you don't discipline them, you hate them, you know, what does that really mean? Because a lot of people really think, I love them too much to smack yeah. them or to discipline them in whatever way you choose to discipline them. You know, and it just hurts me so much. But the word's saying if you don't discipline, you hate them. Mm. And the Lord really just showed me that the reason is because if you're not disciplining them, then they're not learning to respond to and to respect and to submit to authority. You know, it starts with you, the authority. And as that goes on through their life, then ultimately they will rebel against the ultimate authority, which is God. And where they're going to end up, then they're going to end up in hell. So you actually... You know, mm. that's why it says you hate your child if you don't do them because they're just going to learn that pattern of not ever submitting to authority and that's what the end is going to be. And, mm. you know, so that's really important as well, you know, and that all comes into the discipleship as well, that whole disciplining and part of it. Um, and something that, you know, like, you know, even from like a young age of, you know, Charlie's only little, you know, and, and Zion's still young as well, um, about... Oh, it was probably about a year or so ago. We had Brad and Asher and I. Actually, it must have been two, over two years because Zion wasn't there. But the three of us were out somewhere, and you know, it just goes to show you know, just in your, you know, we weren't even talking about God or anything like that. I had just gone into McDonald's to get us some ice creams, and Brad and Asher were sitting in the car, and Asher was asking questions about God and about all these things. And he ended up giving his life to the Lord, oh, which was, awesome. I was like, I missed it. I was buying ice creams. <laughs> I wanted oh, to be. I do all the hard work but, and the changing nappies and I miss all the good ones. But when, I, when Brad was telling me about it later, like he was just saying, I hadn't, I hadn't brung it up. We hadn't been talking about it. So, you know, like even just knowing the things that you teach them along yes. the way, you know, because, you know, discipleship is, is a process, you know, mm. and it starts... It can start before they even make that, especially yeah. in your own home, before they make that decision. And so when they do make that decision, then, you know, now we, we talk to Asha like, okay, well, because you, you know, because you made that decision, we didn't make that decision for him. We didn't, yeah. we didn't tell him he had to make that decision. Yeah, we just let him own. choose yeah. that on his own. And we've taught him bit by bit, you know, what that means and 
what he's what the expectation on him is from God and yeah, so yeah that's awesome and I like that teaching him what the expectation is from God yeah, as well because yeah. that's all part of that discipleship process that yeah. he won't just yeah that's awesome in that book that I'm not promoting <laughs> <laughs> discipleship normal <laughs> what is a discipleship environment um, I've got the definition here and it ties in with 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 your story of of Asher and and Brad and him accepting the Lord. Discipleship is that process whereby a person becomes a follower of a certain teacher and they are there to imitate the teacher and live out his teachings. Mm. And so discipleship is that process whereby your son became a follower of you and Brad, a certain teacher, and they are there to imitate the teachers mm. and live out the teacher's teachings. Yeah. You know, and so that's that's when you when you were telling me about that, I, I was looking at that and I'm thinking, yeah, there there it is. Mm. You know, and you will see in that process that what people say, oh, the rebellious this and the rebellious age of this and this this is a new rebellious age. You'll never have that. Yeah, the the kid's not going to be perfect, but you you will have instilled such a depth and rich value system in that child mm. because. He's incorporating his your value system into his life every single day mm. that you are there. So you ask me the question, what does that look like in my family? Well, I've always tried to, I've always understood more is caught than taught. And so I've always tried to let my son see me practice the stuff. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and so, and then... You, you go and look at the books that he's reading now, nowadays. Where did you know? Where did he get that love of reading? We taught it to him. Mm. You know, where did he start reading all these theological books, Bonifer and these guys? You know, he caught it off us, and so that that starts gets penetrating into his life, and then it starts to sift out his life. Now it's going to go down to a God willing another generation now. And I think as well, you know, you, you just, each of you as well as husband and wife, um, personally being committed to the journey of discipleship within your own life, mm. I mean, that is giving them as well such a good model as well for their future marriages and whatever, um, you know, that, yeah. Uh, one, of the, one of the key scriptures that I, when I'm discipling people that I have in my mind is Galatians 5, 1, that is for, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. And so I'm very conscious of never violating a person's freedom mm. because the minute I violate a person's freedom I'm stepping into rebellion and using illegitimate authority but um, within that area of, of, of freedom is, is, is to be able to raise up the person to fully enjoy their freedom so in me, in my house I would think the higher I can stand in my own freedom, the higher the people in my household can stand up. And then my second job is now I need to impart legacy so that they can go further than me. And you know what I always say to you guys there, you know, I'm the Elijah, you better be the Elisha, and if you're not twice as good as I am, there's gonna be trouble. You know, and, and this is my philosophy now with, with you guys and with your children. So whenever I'm looking at your children, they're part of my spiritual family now, and they're my, like my grandchildren, so I'm always paying attention to them. How can I 
impart to them discipleship. Mm. What can I do to show them, teach them, catch them? So the three aspects, classroom, mentoring them, immersion. What can I do? And that's what I've always done in, the, in, the, in my house. And and I think as well that's what you know um, lots of all the little incidental things as well that's what you you guys are doing so you know your 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 best thing that you can do for that is as I said paying attention to your own walk and your own intimacy because that is just going to enrich all those other relationships so much more and you know and also remembering it's a process and you will bloat sometimes and that's all right you don't have to be perfect you know you get to where we at and I sort of look look back and I think oh. You know, did this wrong and that wrong, whatever. But it's just, you know, yeah, just recognising the process. All things work out to good for those who love, love the Lord. Lord yep. All the according to His purpose. Yeah, that's it. God so it's that. good. <laughs> yeah, just oh, as well, yes. right? Because <laughs> you see, I look the... at my son and think, "Thank God, thank you, God, thank you, God." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then certain things I'll think, oh, I'll put that in there, and it's like, <laughs> but it's all good. Yeah. All right. Well, that was good. So, um, yeah, just keep going, girls. You're doing a great job with your kids, and, and you, you know, everything you do is character training and discipling them, and, yeah, they can be world changers. Awesome. All right. So, well, okay, who's got, David's got a challenge. All right, let's hear David. Be a better disciple towards me this week. Yeah, I'll discipline you. (laughs) Can you imagine what it feels like for me? I'm exhausted, right? This is the person mentoring me constantly. (laughs) Um, Going back to the first challenge I issued. Now I'm going to add. I'm going to add on to the challenge. Remind so, us what the first one was. Yeah. Am I becoming more like Jesus so that oh, my yeah. child can become more like Jesus? Am I talking more like Jesus so that my child talks more like Jesus? Mm-hmm. Am I living more like Jesus so that my child lives like Jesus? Am I sounding more like Jesus so that my child sounds like him? Do I smell like Jesus so that my child picks up the smell of Jesus in him in his body? And am I, am I doing what Jesus is doing so that my child can copy me in doing what Jesus is doing? If there's anything that's going to mot- motivate a mother, like that's it, hey, right, to go mm. the extra mile and, you know, because it works the other way as well. What am I teaching them here? What am I going to for comfort or what am I doing, whatever? So, so that's Paul, awesome. Yeah, so Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. So my challenge to you as parents is to say to your children, follow me as I follow Christ. Yep, and they will be getting that challenge before they can even understand it. They're already getting it from you, so that's awesome. Mm. Yeah, monkey see, monkey do, hey? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) All right, well, we hope you've enjoyed the series. So that was just, um, yeah, four-week series on discipleship. and. Thank you for the honour of being invited in to share with you these yeah, last four thank, weeks. thank you for joining us. Thank we'll you. listen to it and decide whether we'll let you come again. But <laughs> <laughs> we might. <laughs> and thank you girls for joining us. Thank so you, you can um, check us out on our website www.life-house.net Did I leave out a W again? Again. All right, www.life-house.net and you can check us out on Facebook as well. 